Welcome to Hip to the Scene. Talking music, Talking music videos, and, and everything in between. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to episode 12 of Hip to the Scene, where every episode... We check in and we lean on an expert, somebody in the musical mosaic who is fully qualified and 100% ready to help all of you talented creatives out there answer a question that we know now more than ever is on your mind and you need answers you can trust in this business. <laughs> there are so many fake phony frauds, liars, fakers, fairy tale makers that for a question like this, you really want to go to someone who has lived it, breathed it, sweat it, <laughs> bled it. And there he is, ladies and gentlemen. It is the irrepressible one and only Greg Hoy. Welcome to Hip to the Scene. <laughs> well, Andy, thank you for that lovely introduction. It's lovely to be here. What a great neighborhood. Well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first time we have shot an entire episode of Hip to the Scene right here at my business's headquarters. And Greg, why don't you tell the audience why? How could a guy <laughs> from the Bay Area be in New Jersey? Well, Andy, we uh, finally, after a few years, uh, booked a tour, uh, a two-week tour, back on the East Coast. And um, as routing would have it, we are today driving from New York City to Washington, D.C., and wouldn't you know it, I looked at the map and smack dab the half an hour, 45 minutes outside of New York, there's hip video. So I had to come by and say hi and finally meet you face to face because it felt like we've known each other forever. But in actuality, we've only ever talked on the phone or over technology for the last three or four years. It is true. And so much has happened in the life of Greg Hoy since we have become pals. Uh, why don't you give a plug for your lovely daughter? Might as well no. get that out of the way. Yeah, I you know, and I know everyone had their own uh, their own story for 2020 and the pandemic, but I became a father for the first and uh, I believe only time uh, in July of 2020, which um, had profound implications on uh, planning my creative life. After you have a child. Some say things, everything changes. And uh, I will now, I can now agree with that. It does change the idea of uh, your future and, and how you plan, uh, plan out your life. So yeah, that was, I think the biggest thing. And I've met a few other people who had kids uh, in 2020 and we're kind of like a little special breed of parents <laughs> because we all, you know, we're in the middle of this crazy pandemic, uh, totally changing our, our lives and lifestyles. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's true. This question really couldn't have been asked 12 or 16 or 20 months ago. But here we are, the right. tail end of 2022. 
And this question is burning. It is a red hot burning question amongst bands and artists. And it's a question we know Greg is going to be able to answer. That question is, how do you book a successful tour? Yes. And, you know, the first thing I said to you was, how do we define successful? Because well, I think that's a, that's a big part of that question. And I think, I think that's probably the first thing that any artist should ask themselves, you know, up front. What, what is their goal uh, in, in spending a tremendous amount of effort and time and uh, resources to, to go out and play live music? It really is the key that unlocks the door to a successful musical career. And certainly now the challenges are quite pronounced Mm -hmm. and you have to be of a certain level of fortitude to be able to take your music on the road. But you did the <clears throat> Build Back Bitter Tour in yeah. the summer, and now you're back with the Demons at Night Tour, and you mm-hmm. really are leading by example. You are the poster child for any musical group out there that is hemming and hawing and ruminating and looking at the budgetary constraints, also pulling into the gas station and feeling Oof. angst. Uh, yeah. Greg, none of this is stopping you, Greg Hoy and the boys, from taking it from all the way in the Bay Area to New York City, Philadelphia, yeah. Washington, Pittsburgh, stops in between. Very inspiring. I think it comes down to, you know, doing it as smartly as possible and making it so that there's... <clears throat> there's no uh, um how do i say it there's no surprises uh as far as you know all of the routing and the shows and the finances those all of those things should be taken care of before you ever leave in my opinion because there's going to be enough that's going to happen that's going to be out of your hands and out of control uh hopefully most of the out of control stuff is fun stuff and it's not uh you know too detrimental to to uh you know to your to your goal well there are secrets there are things that people need to know and it really all starts with the big question greg where does a talented creative a rock band where do you start well i think the the first the first big nugget that that maybe now in particular is more important than ever is playing places where people actually want to come see you. <laughs> and I think, you know, as someone who's been a, 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 you know, a road warrior for a long time, I mean, I, I first started this 20 over 20 years ago doing tours. Uh, it's never been more important to go where there are pockets of people that, you know, are going to come see you. And I think that's the most important first step for people. Um, 
I think people that artists that have spent time playing their hometown or around their hometown, very near their hometown, honing some sort of live uh, experience for people, which I also think people should do first. I think minimize the, you know, the effort of going elsewhere uh, by, by performing nearby uh, first. And once you feel like it's time to take that show on the road, so to speak, pick, pick an area or two uh, that, you know, there's going to be fans, friends, family, people that will come to the show. Uh, and, and for me, coming back to the East Coast is always special because I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I lived in Brooklyn, New York for over a decade. Um, these are places where I have friends that, you know, are excited to see us, excited to see me uh, in particular because we are coming out of this crazy time where, you know, we didn't know if live music was going to survive. We did an episode with Liz Talent. She's part of NEBA the National Independent Venues Association. Save our and, stages. <laughs> and she was uh, very, very positive and inspired a lot of people that the future of live music was going to be alive and well moving forward. But talk about a buzzkill. Now, for anybody watching Hip to the Scene, you really need to very carefully consider what is going to be your first impression? Because, Greg, we all know yep. that booking people, they can be curmudgeon a bit yep. cantankerous. How yes. in the H-E double hockey sticks do you do it? Well, you know, I, I'm going to take this high level. I, I'm a big uh, proponent of empathy and a big proponent of thinking about what is the – what is the need or the purpose or the, the reason that someone owns a club and someone wants to show people live music and then cascading out of that, what are the factors that go into why they book the bands they book? Um, and I think that there's tremendous opportunity to look and research ahead of time, what particular venues are going to be the most uh, receptive to the kind of music that you play. And I think this is really important. Um, I think a lot of artists tend to get frustrated very quickly because they're not getting responses uh, from particular venues. What I like to say to those artists is, are you sure that this particular venue is something you're ready for? Or are you sure you're handing this venue something that makes sense to them very quickly? Because when you have... As someone who used to book, I was a booker. I don't know if you ever spent any time in that seat. I, I booked for a place called Pete's Candy Store in New York, uh, in Brooklyn, for about six months. And it's brutal. You get tons of inbound email. Everyone wants to play. Uh, and like anything else, the easier, the more concise, the faster it is for me to understand who this band is, who this artist is. Uh, in that very first contact, the more likely I am to spend the time to book them. So that's the first thing I say to anybody that wants to do this is get your, you know, whatever it is that is your artist essence, your vibe, get it together. The elevator pitch, as we used to say in advertising, 
have it ready. And, and in that very first and, and 90% of the time, it's going to be an email. Uh, make it easy for this club to know whether they should book you or not. Well, I think that back in the day, it was all about the phone call. Yep. And booking agents had booking hours. Yep. So if it was Louise at CBGB's and she was available from one to three on a Tuesday. Yeah. There were a lot of busy signals, Greg. Yep. Yep. And you had to just stay, as I like to say, pleasantly persistent, pleasant persistence. And that first email may not be the one that gets you the show, uh, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't email again. And that's a big, it's another tip I like to tell people, you know, sometimes people get very discouraged. They've emailed the club that they're so excited to play. And then they're, you know, two weeks later, they're like, they never wrote me back. They must not like me. Well, okay. That could be true, but let's assume something else. Let's assume the email went to their spam folder. Let's assume they were busy golfing that day. Send that follow-up. And make it nice, make it pleasant and say, hey, checking in on this date or, hey, checking in on on this particular show that we'd like to play. Could you let me know if it could work? That kind of pleasant persistence and and, and it's it's the new version of the busy signal, Andy. Greg Hoy and the boys, you've got this incredible tour. Do any of the booking agents still ask, are you going to bring any people? That's a great question. There's, there's a lot that's changed. Um, I think since pandemic, uh, there is still always this urgency to bring people, you know, why should we put you on our stage if no one's going to come? I mean, I think that's, that's a very fair question. The other side of that, and, and this actually happened already on this tour a band will drop at the last minute because someone's sick, you know? Um, so for example, we, we played our first show, which was in New York city on Thursday. And two days before the show, the booking agent reached out and said, Hey, the second band can't play. Can you play longer? Cool. <laughs> right? Sure. We could play longer. Does that mean we're going to get paid more? Probably not. Does that mean more people are going to show up? Definitely not because we had a four band bill and let's say each band brings 20 people. Then we're losing, we're losing new potential new fans for us. So in a way it kind of, it kind of sucked for us because we're putting on more of a show. We're spending more of our time and we're actually getting less back, but we gave the club our goodwill, which goes a long way. So I think the question of bringing people is always relevant and, 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 you know, maybe, this is a question and any artist should ask themselves, which is, is my, is it worth it for me to do this if people aren't going to come? And we, you know, our last big tour, we've been doing kind of shorter one, two week tours this year, but at the end of 2021 last year, we did a five week tour and, you know, some of those shows are going to be not great for us. You know, it's a Tuesday in Omaha and it's, it's fun for us and, and it's, it's fun for the local band and it might be fun for the 15 people that decide to be there that night. But I also, the other side of that is a club owner is not going to be too concerned with a Tuesday night when they know they're going to be open and here comes this weird band from Northern California, which in a way is its own sort of calling card, which is another piece I should mention is 
I think there is an allure to seeing an out of town band. And I personally have always had a lot more uh, personal satisfaction and success when I play outside of where I live. Like that is just, people are more interested in you. Um, the fact that you're a touring band, um, it's more interesting for the band. The band's energy is going to be better and different because basically we're tourists showing up. And, and, and the biggest thing is we get to meet all these great new people. You know, we're coming in, we're meeting a new new club, we're, we're meeting new bartenders, meeting a new sound person, the other bands we're playing with, their fans. So, you know, I, I know I'm kind of like going off on a bunch of different tangents, but at the end of the day, I think you need to be very realistic with the club about how many people you're going to bring. But also there is a dance in there where the club understands that not every show is going to be a sold out show. I am curious, back in the day, I know I'm sounding like a bona fide aging rocker old fart. Never. But you would go see the bands that you wanted to play with. And I think a lot of artists and bands don't appreciate how being personable, friendly, attentive to the other creatives that are around you really is an important aspect of moving forward in your <coughs> musical career. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that it now more than ever, it stands out uh, when a band or a particular person in a band is not uh, giving. They're not, you know, they don't have that mindset of we're in this together or, you know, we should have the gratitude that we're, that this club is still open and everyone's here without masks on or whatever, whatever angle of gratitude you want to take. Um, and I think you're right. I think in the, let's say in the, in the two thousands, when you and I were both in this sort of New York area, New York city area, there was a glut of bands, a glut of places to play. Uh, the joke we used to say in the mid two thousands was New York was all bands, no fans. And that, that, that did happen for a while because no one was going, like people would go to a live show and watch one band and then leave. Now, And this is another thing that people, you know, another, I guess, a thing that we try to do is we try to put, you know, whole shows together. So it's us and another band and another band. Like, let's hand the club a three band bill. We we work with those bands ahead of time uh, to talk about the promotion, sharing gear, how are we going to get people there? And that collectivism always makes for a better show. And then, and then if things fall apart or things go wrong or people don't show up, Everyone can say, hey, we did we did our best here. This was this for this particular show. Here's A, B, and C. Like we 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 dotted the I's and crossed the T's. It was a uh, magical time in the 80s for me because if you fell in love with a band like Salem 66 in Boston, you would write them a letter and say, yeah. Hey, I have a band in New Jersey. How about we come up? and play with you at Storyville. Yep. And then you can come down and play with us at Maxwell's. It yep. was the gig swap or Miracle Legion. If we could just open for you at Toad's Place, yeah, you can come down to New Brunswick and play with us at the Court Tavern. Does that still happen? 100%. And more than ever when you're going on tour, that's an important thing to do. We, for example, I'm thinking of last fall, our big tour, 
and we partnered with, you know, it's a networking game. You know, I would message my, my friends, I'd go on Facebook and see what bands they're talking about in Minneapolis, or, you know, we played in Illinois, we played in Columbus, around Columbus. And I would find the bands that were playing, like the active bands, listen to their music. If I felt like there was a kinship, reach out to them. It's, it's, that has never been easier. Like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Bandcamp. And it's shocking to me how, how few bands do this. It's just so easy. Like we played uh, our, the last show of our, our tour last year at this time, we played at a great venue in Minneapolis called Palmer's with a band called the short fuses. Great band. We had played with them before and I reached out to them and I said, Hey, we're, here's our routing of the tour. Uh, can you, can you play? If you can't play, do you know any other great bands that are active right now? And they put together this amazing show. It was an amazing show. And really all we had to do was show up. They, they knew the club, they knew the booker, they knew the other bands. And, and we do that for people all the time in Northern California. If someone's coming in from, you know, LA or, or, Denver or, you know, any touring band that's kind of in our, in our size range for clubs, you know, that, you know, the two to five, 500 seat type place, um, we hook them up and that's what bands do. I mean, I think that I, I can't stress that enough. This, the idea of what you're talking about is, is, is more important than ever. Um, and they're as hard as it is sometimes to find active touring bands or active live bands, it's kind of on you if you haven't figured that out. Like all you have to do is go to the website of the club you want to play and scroll back six months. And what local bands have played here a few times, what local bands are playing on a Friday, what local bands are playing on a Saturday. Cause you don't, as much as you want to help other bands, you also, when you're touring, you want to play with the bands that are going to bring people because you're probably not going to have that many people. You're going to have some reputation. You're going to have some fans that, that know you from before. As, as you and I have talked about, the more you play in a market, the more you sort of build a bit of a following, a bit of a reputation. But at the end of the day, you want to, uh, you want to maximize those relationships. Every market has their movers and shakers. They could potentially well be the journalists that write for the local newspapers yep. or magazines, or it could be the program director at that college in that market you want to be performing in, or totally. it could be many others within that world that if you could just make contact with them, yep. it could be helpful. Yeah. And, and, you know, I want to add to that, Andy, there's a sincere contact. Like, I think that I never reach out to a band about working together because that's what we're going to be doing. Potentially it's working together unless I've listened to their music. Like I don't just do the quick thing. Like, Hey, you, you've got 2000 followers on Instagram. You know, I want to hear the band. That's what I do. That, that's, that's why I do this. I like music. And sometimes bands will reach out to me and there's nothing in there about my music or nothing in there. And it's like, uh, sorry, like I need, and, and I do that all the time. I'll be like, Hey, like I was just checking out your album on Bandcamp. I'll call something out like this. This particular song is really great. Do you have any, uh, you know, any great recommendations on clubs in, in Denver that we should come play or wherever it is that I'm trying to book? 
And I'll tell you, the other part of that is you hear so much great new music. I mean, I have, I have probably two, two to three dozen bands that, that because of touring and, and, and reaching out to them in the past since the pandemic, they're like, they're on my playlist now. They're great bands. And I, you know, I follow them all over. And when they put new stuff out, I still, you know, I listen to it and, and, and comment on it. And, and I think that's, that's a key is that if you have music that you want people to hear, the converse is you need to listen to other people's music. No truer words have ever been spoken. And it's such a gear grinder when you book yep. a show with bands that you've given a break to. Yep. And you scratch your head. Why are they packing up? <laughs> and going home do they have yeah. no respect for their musical kindred spirits yep. yeah it's uh it's an interesting uh it happens and it's an interesting moment um i think there's i think you know maybe communication you know like there are occasionally times where we have to leave before a show we've played is over we have a long drive uh, or, you know, someone's sick or whatever. And in those, and it's rare, but in those moments I go up to everyone and I'm like, Hey, we have to go. And I, I really want to see you and I'm sorry we can't stay. And I don't think anyone's going to fault. No one's going to fault that, but it's the opposite, which is where'd you go? We just, I, we just played, it's your turn to play or whatever. And you're gone. It's kind of icky. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you need to know that Greg Hoy, he is a human magnet. He <laughs> has given of himself ungrudgingly to so many talented artists and bands. And Greg's the kind of guy who doesn't ask for a whole lot in return. But Greg, tell the <laughs> audience how in the end, it comes back tenfold. And if you're a wallflower or you're just not a personal, personable person, it's going to yeah. suck to be you. <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm going to relate a story that just happened on this tour because I think it's relevant to our conversation. Um, we played with, 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 with a couple great bands and, um, one particular, like a person in one of those bands was not socializing with anyone, was off doing whatever that person needed to do. Uh, maybe having a bad day, who knows? Like, and uh, when we were interacting with this person, it was very, it was a cold, there was coldness. There was uh, a distance. Now, Andy, you and I know that that particular uh, artist persona does exist. We've all seen those people. The other side of that is they're generally very successful, uh, long-term legacy artists that, 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 that I would say kind of get a pass to act that way towards other bands. You know, the, the, the old jokes about like Bob Dylan, you know, doesn't come out of his dressing room until they, they wheel him out to the stage or whatever. But in this particular moment, another band that was playing on this bill, we all left while the show was going on and sat at the bar because we didn't want to waste our time with someone that didn't want to waste their time with us. 
Now, the other band was hilarious because they knew this person and were, you know, a lot of this was going on. And, and by the way, this is another reason I love touring because you're stepping into the other people's reality shows, which is great. And then you get to leave. You're like, okay, this is great thing. It's like a family reunion where you're just like dating somebody. You're like, wow, like look at that. So it, 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 the idea of just be nice and, 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 and be uh, understanding of uh, the struggle of other artists never been more important because we're all in this thing together now more than ever. It really is true. It's the human heart's greatest desire to be appreciated. Yeah, for sure. You may not be a huge fan of the band, but you want to take away and or learn something from every single person totally. you meet on your creative journey. Yeah. Yeah. And every moment you have that, like you have that opportunity from the second you get to a venue, there's the door person, there's the bartender, there, there's the sound person. And each one of these people has a story and a life that, that brought you all together in this particular moment. And that's part of the fun for me is like, let's talk. Let's, I want to hear these stories. I want to, I want to engage, you know? And I think if you're not that type of person, which absolutely fine, don't maybe do something else, <laughs> you know, like maybe, maybe, maybe work at a coffee or I don't know, at a, you know, picking weeds or something. I don't know. Question. It's been said that experience is a hard teacher. She gives yeah. the test first and the lessons afterwards. Can you share some of the rookie mistakes you've seen with touring bands that if you've just had a couple of tours under your belt, you're never going to suffer from those circumstances ever again? Yeah. Well, I think that the first thing that comes to mind, Andy, when you, when you ask that question, uh, and, and this is going to sound to me, it's a, it's a no brainer. Uh, you should always have all the musical gear you need to play your show. If you're a three piece rock band like us, that means a fully working drum kit, a guitar amp, a bass amp, guitars, basses, whatever. Uh, now more than ever, as, as, as we'd like to talk about, we go to Guitar Center on every tour. It's pretty easy to get what you don't have. Uh, and if you don't have uh, the stuff you need to maybe borrow it, uh, in particular, uh, if you're going to be going out of town. And the reason I say that is there's sort of an unspoken, you know, truth when it comes to touring and, and bands, which is you don't borrow stuff from the touring band. If you're the local band, you're the one that could offer your stuff to the touring band. And then that's the etiquette. Uh, and I think that, you know, talking to bands that are just getting started, that's one, that's number one, that's huge. Number two is I think it's really good to be respectful of the band's finances and time. So if, you know, and I think the, the, the best bands, and we do this too, when, when we're playing at a club and, and, and at the end of the night, here's the payout, uh, you know, the touring band gets a little extra for gas, for hotels. They're always spending more money than you are if you're local because that's just the, that's the way it goes. Uh, 
And I think that I early on learned that lesson when I played with touring bands because I hadn't thought uh, about that, that, Oh, here's this band that drove in from, you know, Wichita or wherever they're from. And uh, well, they're probably, they probably need a little more money than I do because I can just jump on the subway and go home after this. Thoughts about backlines. You've got all your gear. Yeah. But they're insisting we've got a backline. You gotta use it. Yeah. Well, if you're Dave, our drummer, you just destroy it. That's what he does. He's like, here, okay, <laughs> you, you have a back, you have a backline. I'm gonna show you why you shouldn't have a this backline. <laughs> um we, we have, I would say, uh, half the time the stuff is decent on a backline, um, which is why we carry everything we need. Uh, there, at this age, there's considerations. If there's a lot of stairs, we would much rather use the backline. Um, there's, there's another thing that we find happening uh, in the last few tours, and this tour is no exception, which is we have the best gear, so it's us that are providing the backline for the local bands which is usually okay because we're the last band anyway. So cool. You want to use our drums and our amps. We'll put them up there less time to, you know, have to take stuff on and off stage, turnaround time. As they say, we've always, we've always prided ourselves at being the fastest turnaround time band. It's always like a, a, a thorn of pride to get off stage as fast as possible. Well, that's very important, especially for the booking person. They're going to remember that. Because there have been bands that I've booked back in the day where they're literally just being uh, uh, slow on everything. And you go and ask them what's going on here. And the bassist will say, well, my girlfriend's not here yet. I said, well, I can appreciate that you want your girlfriend to uh, see your show tonight. Yeah. But my friend, sport, that is not an excuse. I mean, Andy, the inner New Yorker comes out. It's like uh, it's like road rage. Sometimes it's like road rage. You know, it's just as much as as much as I've practiced mindfulness meditation these last years. I'm just like, come on, it's time to the show's over now. It's time to get off the stage. Leave, or I'll say something funny like, did you did you leave some uh, did you leave some reverb for us, or did you did you leave a little magic for us? You know, something that's sort of like inspires them to move along and pack up their 40 guitar pedals or whatever that they're working on. You're not going to get a sound check. What to do? You know, Andy, it never bothers us, you know, and, 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 and this is a higher level thing too. I think every band should be able to, to regulate their, their own sound on stage. Now we're, we're going to take the reason, part of the reason I don't have a voice right now is we, we played a show in Philadelphia that, uh, it was a great, it was a great show, but they, they had no sound person. So we were, again, someone got sick at the last minute. It's not like you can just call another sound person. So I had no monitors, which means I was going above and beyond with my voice, which is why I'm sitting here with throat coat and your lovely hip video promo mug, which I have one of these at home as well. Ladies and gentlemen, you should get one. And ladies and gentlemen, he's an impresario. The guy does it all. He records bands. He has a record label, 30 Peak Recording Company. Mm -hmm. Reg, you've got 
your own podcast. Doesn't everyone these days, Andy? Well, I try to tell my my cherished clients that if you're not for yourself, who will be? And the greatest way 100%. to bring people into your tent is to show interest in others. 100%. So much to learn. So it's Washington tomorrow night. Then the it's runaway, yep. To the middle of Pennsylvania. And then gonna, your, your hometown show in Pittsburgh. You must be very excited about that. I'm going to, I, I want to give a, a special shout out to Westside Bowling in Youngstown, Ohio. It's this amazing couple, took this old bowling alley during right before pandemic and, uh, just blew it out. You know, it's got a restaurant, it's got a record store, it's got two venues in it. And, you know, Youngstown, Ohio, like so many places that we've driven and, and been through, it's, you know, it's, it, the times aren't great, you know, the, the, the economy's not wonderful. And I think the more we can support small businesses and some support people that are like reclaiming and recycling uh, experiences, which is what they've done with this place. Like Dave, our drummer was, we played there last fall. And he's like, we got to play Youngstown again. Like we had such a good time there and it's, it was hard for us to get there and it's going to be our longest drive of the tour, but it's a great example of you find a great place. You find great bands, great, great uh, club owners. You want to support them. And then they're going to, it comes back to you in spades. And, and, you know, here we are like a year later, we're going back and it's going to be an even bigger show. And now we're, we're headlining last time we weren't headlining. So so uh, I, I think that that's a really good, um, you know, that's a great example of, of, of how uh, you support other people and they will support you. How do you book a successful tour? Well, number one, and I'm sure Greg will second my emotion, it is not measured by the ROI in oh. your pocket. It's measured how many new fans did you secure? 100%. 100%. And look, they're going to tell all their friends, Greg, man. Yep. Greg Hoy and the boys comes back to Youngstown. We got to get all our friends because it is just jaw-droppingly great, toe-curling, face-melting. It's <laughs> entertainment value. We hope so. We, you know, we played Portland, Maine on the last, last fall's tour and uh, the limited mileage tour. And um, the, this couple came to the show and they, they were like crazy into us. They were like, well, you know, they were, the, they were super fans. I'm like, how'd you find out about us, about us? And the guy said bands in town, which is who we use for our tour promotion. You know, we, we, we put our stuff up on bands in town. And then before we tour, we send out a few emails and great example, like the, this couple, they're big, huge fans of Jack White and the black keys. So bands in towns, like, if you like these bands, you might like this band. And you know, they bought, they bought all our vinyl that night. It was crazy. So when I talk about this promotion thing, like it really works. Like you really do get fans from it. P.T. Barnum said it. He said a terrible thing happens when you do no promotion. Nothing. Right. Greg, it is now time for you to provide us with the Greg Hoy and the boy plugs. Got it. 
So you just want me to promote, 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 like we've yes, talked sir. about before? I mean, you know, we're always doing something. Right now we're touring around this uh, Demons at Night, a couple songs that we did during the pandemic that are kind of 80s-ish, I guess, 80s rock. And then, uh, oh boy, we got like two more records that are coming out uh, in the next six months. So there's just, there's always stuff going on, Andy. And people can find us on Instagram, the Greg Hoy and Spotify, Greg Hoy and Greg Hoy and the boys. I do a lot of stuff solo and then I do stuff with the gang. Uh, Solo stuff tends to be a little more introspective, more songs about my daughter on the solo side, more songs about everything else on the rock and roll side. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, come see a show or go see anyone, play anywhere. Just go support live music. Thank you, Greg, for being our guest for episode 12 of Hip to the Scene. And anyone watching, if you've enjoyed the content, definitely check out other episodes. And if you could be so kind to subscribe that way you'll be sure not to miss any new episodes of this web series podcast greg thank you again enjoy the rest of the tour keep fighting the good fight sir thank you andy and thanks again everyone for watching hip to the scene